Welcome to the Cram and Create Club Eagle Nest Podcast. Welcome to the Cram and Create Club Eagle Nest Podcast. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, the audio in this podcast doesn't quite marry up to start with. Our interview with Silvio Marinelli continues, but the audio seems to marry up just a little bit later down the track. Sorry for any inconvenience caused, and please hang in there when listening. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to Cram and Create Club's Eagle Nest Podcast, Episode 5, Season 3. I'm your host, Craig Hookie, and I'm joined well, by Craig. Jordan. How are you, Jordan? I have. Made it to another episode. That's, that's what, I think that's 12 running now in a row. No, I've lost count. I've lost count of how many yeah, episodes we've Yeah, done. that's a good effort. Um... And uh, keeping with our theme of the podcast, we're joined by John Woodall medalist, life member, former president, the richest man of Cranbourne, Sylvia Marinelli. How are you, mate? That's a a pretty impressive intro. Thank you. (laughs) It's all true. A couple of furfies in there, but um, mostly true. Um, now, Silvio, I want to hit you with the hard questions early, as we've been doing lately. Uh, and the most important question of the whole podcast is, explain what it means to be a Cranbourne cricketer Ooh, or a Cranbourne person. That's a good question, mate. Um, well, my um, connection with the club started when I was about 10 um, in under 12. So, um, to me, it, um, it's really about community and, and mateship. I mean, I've made absolute life lifelong friends at the Cranbourne Career Club. You know, people that you know I hold very dear to me. So, and and that sort of continues, you know, through through these generations. So, I mean, you know, there's there's guys that I played, you know, junior cricket with that I'm still mates with. There's guys, obviously, that I played senior cricket with that I'm mates with, but also guys that I've met through the through the committee that I'm, that I'm mates with. Um, but even that, that new generation. So, um, you guys are a good example of that, you know, so whilst, you know, I haven't been around the club for a while, you know, I'm still meeting, you know, new people and, and forging new, new friendships, which is, um, which is really exciting and really, um, you know, I'm really appreciative, appreciative of the fact that, um, you know, I'm still now, now going to be involved more, in the club again, um, you know, and it's just been a, a seamless um, transition back in, um, even though there's not a lot of, you know, initially there wasn't a lot of the, the same people around, but um, it's, it's just a club that just welcomes people and um, seamlessly has them, you know, form part of their, part of the community. So it's just a, it's a pretty special place, mate, to be honest. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. Um, 
you touched on it before about the committee. You were president oh, between geez, what years? System in memory now. That's um, I did it for five years. I, I couldn't tell you the years. It'd be oh, would it be early two thousands. I reckon. I reckon it would have been between two thousand and one to two thousand and six. I reckon for memory. Jeez, what was I doing in 2001, 2006? Uh, what were you doing, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a young fella. Hey, you're a bit older Don't than let that. Don't the crow's feet uh, deter you from that fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Silvio, you touched on it before about the new people in the club and you've had a fair bit of input into uh, the future of Cramont Career Club as of late. What excites you about the future? Um. Look, we, we've spoken about, um, you know, a coaching, you know, like a, like a coaching panel for, for a long, long time. So to actually now see it, um, you know, assembled, um, you know, it's really, really exciting. I mean, to, to be able to get back, you know, people of the calibre of the Sweeney brothers, you know, to lead our club um, is amazing um, with, you know, their, their background um, what they've done in the game at district level. Um, you know, it's a real coup for the club to be able to have gotten them back. Um, but then to add, you know, all these past premiership players um, that just love the club, you know. So when I made those phone calls to guys like Shane Doig and Matty Carey um, and Matt Moore, it was just like, I mean, it wasn't even a consideration. It was just, yep. I'm in, you know, so to, to be able to get guys like that to commit back to, to a career club, again, just, just speaks volumes of the club that we have and um, the club that we're going to continue to have. You know, it's just about, you know, great people being involved with, with great people in a great club. Yeah, and you've been heavily instrumental in um, in being able to secure the names that you've just mentioned there. Um, listing, going through a few names now, who would be some of the best people that you've come around at the career club? Now, I know it's going to be hard to pick favourites, but you're going to have to pick um, a couple. Oh, look, when you talk about people with, um, you know, I mean, look, all, all the people have got... Um, a, a great people. Um, but, you know, if you had to single out, you know, a couple, um, it could, Glenn Weir, um, just a person with the highest of integrity um, and just a, just a great person. Like, Will um, would be there to do anything for you, would have your back. Um, and I know... In my last year as president, I was sort of struggling time-wise. You know, it, my, my business was growing, you know, significantly and I was really time-stretched. And, um, you know, Glenn just sort of stepped up and, and helped me significantly. Um, you know, it was at the time when we were moving to Casey Fields. Um, so there was a lot on and um, Glenn was just a tremendous support to me as a, as a, as a president and, and as a mate. Um, so again, so he's one of those, um, people that, you know, you've met through the career club and, you know, you've formed, 
you know, a lifelong friendship with. So Glenn, you know, stands out. Um, then guys like um, Roger and Ross, um, Stevie Miller. I mean, one of the one of the one of the things that I rate as my greatest achievement as the president of the, the Granbury Critic Club was keeping Steve Miller at the at the club. So um, <laughs> he, you know, he there was a time when he was probably gonna gonna leave the club. So um, you know, I got Ross and Balls together on a Friday night. I just I, I went and picked them up. I said. Whatever you're doing tonight, you got to cancel. We're just going to go around and see Steve. So we did. We just we bought a slab and went and saw Steve, and the rest is history. Jesus, slab wouldn't have lasted <laughs> no, long. Slab didn't last long. We had we had to go and get reinforcements, but um, but yeah, um, and and obviously you know um, you know that transition period of getting the club from you know the racecourse to Casey Fields, um. You know, at the race course, I mean, we obviously had a lot of history there. Um, and obviously I played there, so I had a, um, a connection with the race course. But, you know, for the longevity and the future of the club, um, we were never in control of our own destiny in the middle of the race course, you know. So um, you know, if the races were on on a Saturday, you know, we couldn't play. Um, you know, so it was just, it needed to be, we needed to go to, to Casey Fields. It was some... There was a little bit of, um, you know, initial um, trepidation around it um, from some people around the club. But, you know, we, we were pretty um, staunch in knowing that that was the direction that we needed to go in. Um, so the committee did some really good things. And, um, you know, I think everyone would agree that that was the right move to make. Yeah, Burger, I wish you got to experience the race course. Yeah, I mean, I hear a lot of stories about the race course, but to be honest, I drive past it every night to go home from work, or to and from work, and I look out there and I look at the ground and the pavilion. I just, I don't see what the great experience would have been of that club because it's not great. I'm going to well, upset a lot of old, a lot of older players <laughs> and past players. But what, uh, this is in the same calibre as Callie's called their Palmer's the greatest Palmer's ever. <laughs> well, mate, you've never you've never played cricket until you've bowled into or with the Turin and Doctor. <laughs> you know what, we're not far from that ground where we are now, and it's, I refuse to bowl if I'm bowling into the wind. Well, you know the race course was special, mate. It, it had no shade. No You're really selling it. it I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll buy some shares. The snakes. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was a it was it was a it was an amazing place to play cricket at, mate. Uh, really was. Gonna have to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we're, we're pretty we're pretty lucky to, now. Pretty lucky to play Casey Fields now, mate. I can assure you. <laughs> Uh, now, Silvio, um, we touched on your Joan Whittle medal um, at the start, and obviously Berger's got a Joan Whittle medal. And I'm, as a non-Joan Whittle medalist here, I'm trying to figure out what it takes to win one. Um, can you just help me out there? Um, well, look, when when we so it was under it was under um, my um, presidency that the Joan Whittle medal was launched. So it was really an idea. Um, it was really Chops' idea. 
for memory. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Chops that raised it. Um, and so it was me, Chops and um, Stewie Mills that went around and saw Lindsay and Ross and Mark um, and spoke to them about our idea. Um, and the initial idea was raised around the fact of, um, you know, rewarding people, players that, you know, were probably didn't play in one grade, you know, for the, um, you know, so it was, it was, it was, um, it was a, it was a reward for players that, you know, went up or down grades um, and that were, that, and to highlight their, their, their teamsmanship or, um, you know, so, you know, if you play, you know, if you play half a season in two grades where you're probably not going to win any averages, but that shows how selfless you are to the club. You know, so, you know, over the years, you know, we've probably had people that don't want to go up or down, you know, for varying reasons. Um, But, you know, so it was a reward um, around selflessness, you know, and, you know, then hence why, you know, the, the Woodall name was attached to it, you know, because I think we can all agree that, you know, the Woodall family has been a pretty selfless family in that, you know, they've always volunteered, whether it be the cricket club or the, or the footy club. Um, you know, you ask Ross or Mark to do anything for you, they they, they do. Um, Lindsay's the same. So, um, you know, it just sort of seemed a, a really nice fit to, um, to reward selflessness. Um, and hence why we attach that to the to the Woodall name. Um, you know, it's probably a little bit different now than what it was. Um, but but that was the initial that was the initial idea. Um, so a very political way of not telling me how to win one. How do I win one? Well, you know, so one of the examples that you know, we used at the time when we pitched the idea. So, you know, so let, let's say in a game, um, you know, Berger makes 100, but you bat for 70 overs and make 20. Now, who's... That makes very Craig-like. That, that, that is a very Craig thing to have. bigger contribution to the team? So some could argue that it was Berger because he's made 80 more runs. But, you know, you could really mount an argument that, you know, if you didn't bat the 70 overs, um, Berger wouldn't make 100. So the way that the Joan Woodall medal was designed, the three votes would go to you, Hook. Based on that, Craig, you should be a five-time winner of this award. (laughs) (laughs) I should have never lost. So, But but then, you know, the the captains do um, have that award and, you know, the... It was never a captain was never ever meant to get votes in the award, so that that probably hasn't worked. <laughs> so. Jeez, my early memories of the John Woodall Medal as a young fella covered up was always hearing three votes, <laughs> Matt Moore, and wasn't he the captain? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not how it's not how the medal was designed, but it's it's evolved. It's evolved. Uh, definitely, definitely, it definitely has. Well, according to that theory, Jordan, I should have won that You should be undefeated. Every, ever since you stepped foot into a senior team, mate, you should have been undefeated. 
tell you what, man, I'll put, I'll put my name um, on the post and you can have it. Because <laughs> you, oh, you are you beauty. Um, Silvio, your play, your playing days. How would you best describe? Um, I just I, I played with my heart on my sleeve. Um, I loved I loved to win. I loved being part of the team, um, and I tried. I think I extracted um, every bit of um, every bit of myself to to get to. To play ones at a at a at a great club, you know. I don't think I was necessarily that talented, but um, I just had a go. Yep, and premierships. So I was going to ask this a bit later, but in the fan question section. But obviously, I'll bring it up now. Um, Cam Kelly wants to know what's it like playing in the third best turf four premiership because second's daylight and the first is his team. Well. Seeing that we only won, we've only won two of them. I, I'm not quite sure how it can be third. Well, he thinks that daylight is second. <laughs> I'm not sure if daylight won one, but <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy to go with with, with second. I'm I'm happy to go with second, but um, you know, I mean, I mean, and this is I mean, a question like that from Cam is why. I love our cricket club, you know, because, you know, we can just, you know, it's 20 years since we won that premiership and we still have a laugh and a joke about it. Um, you know, it's just fantastic. Like the banter that you have about it is is great. It's, again, it's one of the reasons why I, I love our club. Now, you know, Cam's got to remember that his old man was the captain of that, of that third best <laughs> to full premiership, so I'm not <laughs> quite sure. So, I mean, just a, a little funny anecdote of that that final series. I don't know if Cam remembers this, but he um he broke the key. He broke the key in his his dad's car door. So he he nearly didn't live to play in arguably the best to full premiership because that day. Um, Balls nearly killed him. <laughs> so, I'm not sure if Cam remembers that. He would have been pretty young. But um yeah, when he uh, when he broke the key in the in the door lock, yeah, he wasn't a he wasn't a very popular member of the Kelly family. What a Cam Kelly thing to <laughs> it do. Is, it is a very much a Cam Kelly thing to do, mate. Um, so talk about your other do you have any other premiership? No, no, that's the only one. Played in a Played in a few losing ones, but um, yeah, played in a few losing ones, but um, but yeah, that so that one I hold is I hold pretty special, mate. You know, like because you play you play cricket for team success, so to be able to um, to get one, and, and and again, you know, like those memories from from that from that team, um, you know, we were just a really close bunch of mates, like you know, and and guys that I'm still you know, really, really close with now. So, again, so two of the guys that have come back um, to coach in that, in that, um, in our panel, you know, played a part in that game. So, Shane obviously played, um, but Matty Carey, as a subfielder, probably took the catch that won us the game. It was a big sky ball and 
there was 11, there was 10 blokes that ran out of the way of it. Medicare, he had to run probably 100, 100 metres to catch it. There were blokes ran further out of the way than, um, the, <laughs> out of the way of the ball than to it. We've all run away from that, haven't uh, we, John? you run away from multiple, but uh, <laughs> I, I have dropped a few that I've, I've probably thought, oh, I didn't really want it anyway. <laughs> I remember Jack Jones one day, he was on 10, ball got skied to me at point, and Luke Dinger was at cover. And it was kind of in between us. I should have gone for it, but Lukey Dinger called his name, so I just let him do it, and he dropped it. <laughs> How much did he make that day? Jack Jones only made two hundred and ten, <laughs> so it wasn't costly. No, no, they only made four hundred or something like that. That's a, that's a real shout out to uh, I think that's Benny Ingham's uh, one and only captain day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Benny Ingham captain and curator won the toss and bowl. Well, he clearly he, he clearly knew something that you guys didn't. <laughs> Hand the keys to the roller in, mate. you got no idea what you're doing. Uh, now, Silvio, you, you uh, mentioned before about your business during your presidency. Is Obviously, you run one of the more successful businesses of all time. out of Cranbourne and many other locations in Highview Accounting and Financial Services. Um, and a part of that, you do a lot of leadership work. Um, how's that been for you? Um, yeah, look, I, I really love doing that. Um, so, I mean, I, I was only, I was a 21 year old, um, playing, playing cricket and a guy gave me a job and, you know, so, I mean, I basically got a job through cricket, so, which is a pretty cool thing. So I, I, I've never done a job interview, mate. I've, I've, I've had one job. Um, so because someone gave me an opportunity as a young person, um, I just think it's my duty to, to do the same for other young people. So, um, Can I have a job? <laughs> well, preferably <laughs> you need a, an accounting degree. <laughs> preferably. Uh, <laughs> he sells wood. <laughs> you know, so, um, so I, I, I love giving back to, um, to young people and, and giving them an opportunity. So, you know, so without sort of, turning this into political, but, you know, one of the things that was probably a disappointment, you know, when Dan Andrews announced the, the road out of COVID was that he didn't give people much hope. So I think as an organisation or as a, or myself as a leader, the best thing I can do is give people hope. So whether that be compliance or whether that be um, my team members or you know, within the within the career club, you, you give you give people hope. Once you give people hope, um, it 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 it, lead, it can provide a roadmap for them to get the best out of themselves. So really, I find that you know I'm just a bit of a conduit to get people to do what they have within them. Um, you know, they just need a little bit of a a little bit of a prod at times. Silvio, what would you say, mate, uh, just on that sort of Dan Andrews thing, what would you say to blokes who are eyeing off this season as a bit of a neither here nor there? I have, you know, myself at times felt a little bit deflated about what the cricket season is going to bring and how different it's going to be. 
but sort of thinking about it, you know, I think I owe it to the club to to want to play. What would you say to people who are probably not that keen to play this year, but there will be a season? Oh, look, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, mate, no doubt. And and there's extra things that we um, are going to need to do as a club and as people to, you know, to, to, to get it. So my advice to people is about the opportunity. Don't miss an opportunity to, to play. So one of the things that people are protesting about is their, is their freedom. Okay, so we're going to have the choice to play. So why wouldn't you play? You know, so, we, you know, we're, 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 we're worried about our freedoms and we're worried about being having a curfew and we're worried about all these other things. Well, this is something that's actually in our control. So curfews and, and decisions that are made by other people that we can't control, we seem to worry about, but things that are in our control, um, you know, we, we, we might let that opportunity slip. So, you know, just imagine if, you know, you play, you know, the season gets off and you don't play and the team that you would have been playing in wins a premiership. Imagine. Imagine yeah. what you're going to feel like if you're not part of it. So you get, you're going to get the opportunity to play. It's in your control. Why wouldn't you do it? It's probably Definitely. the question. Absolutely. Now, just finishing off on the leadership and your upbringing in the business front, um, if you could give your 16-year-old self a piece of advice right now, what would it be? Um, gee, that's a really good question, mate. Um, I think if I, if I had to go back, um, I would probably tell myself, um, my 16-year-old self, to not sweat the small stuff, you know, to have you know, a big picture mentality, um, you know, and to just let things evolve. So initially, um, you know, in my business life or, um, you know, leadership life, you, you probably wanted to to control too many things, um, you know, purely because, you know, you just think that you need to... Um, be involved in, in different things and to control different things so you can control the outcome. Um, but, you know, if you give people hope and if you give people opportunity, um, they will really thrive. So, um, you know, being, you know, it's sort of that buzz stuff at the moment, you know, about being, being um, vulnerable and about connection and trust and all those sorts of things. I mean, and it's so, it's so right. Um, you know, so it would be to, you know, to not want to control the outcome, but be able to be able to, you know, to, to trust in your people, um, you know, because they're fundamentally, they're fundamentally good. They're fundamentally um, talented and capable um, and with the right encouragement and environment, um, they, they will, they will thrive. Perfect answer. Berger, do you show any of these leadership qualities? Uh, I'll leave that one alone. That's it. That's a conversation point. <laughs> so when you roll up to work to sell some wood, um, 
are you giving the uh, client some hope? Craig, believe it or not, I'm actually very good at my job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Silvio, now you're heavily uh, in with uh, player management at the moment and managing a lot of the um, some of the Aussie uh, women cricket cricketers, and then a lot of the BBL women cricketers. And Cramer Cricket Club this season is getting involved in the women's cricket program. Do you want to just go into a little bit of detail about that? Um, yeah, well, look, it's 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 really it's it's a really exciting it's a really exciting time um, for cricket, but it's real it's a really exciting time for women's cricket. And again, you talk about you know opportunity, opportunity and and hope. Um, you know why. Why wouldn't we give that opportunity and hope for young girls in the area? You know, so I think for too long, um, you know, we've had, you know, cricket clubs and, you know, probably societies had a closed mind around um, women in sport. So, you know, and from a, and from a um, you know, from a club point of view, you know, why wouldn't we want to have more teams? Why wouldn't we want to have more people? Why wouldn't we want to have more members? Why wouldn't we want to have more opportunity for sponsorship? Um, all those sorts of things. So it just opens up so many, so many doors. Um, so to be able to give young girls in the area um, opportunity to play another sport rather than pigeonholing them in in netball and gymnastics or dance, um, you know, they can play footy, they can play tennis, they can play cricket, they can play whatever they want. Um, so why wouldn't we as a club, you know, embrace that opportunity for, you know, for so many young girls in our, in our area rather than, rather than just young boys. We're just limiting our, our potential for, um, for all those, for all those other additional things that, that come with it. So um, again, it's just about providing um, opportunity and hope for, for people and, and pathways. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's been a long time in the making and it's um, about time that we took the jump and took the step of um, taking on that challenge of running a, a quality female um, program for our local area. Um, those details will be able to be found on Facebook as of Monday night. So uh, keep an eye out on Facebook, um, the Crown and Cricket Club page, Crown and Cricket Club Instagram, um, all the details on females cricket at Cranbourne can be found then. Um, and Sylvia, I think on behalf of the club, we thank you and Marty for uh, the hard work that you've actually put into that program. Oh, pleasure, mate. I mean, it's just one of the things that I'm, you know, pretty passionate about, um, you know, because I've seen it, um, you know, from, a, from an early stage. So, um, you know, so I've been involved in, you know, preparing tax returns for cricketers for 10 years. So, the the pay of what they used to get compared to what they get now, um, you know, to be representing your country and basically having to work full time to support yourself, um, and that was only ten years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's just not fair. It's not right. It's not equitable. Um, you know, do I do I think that um, women cricketers deserve to be paid as much as men cricketers? I don't, um, but, but they but they deserve to be paid fairly. So, you know, you have to have 
an element of commerciality to it. So, you know, the men generate more income, you know, but some of that income needs to subsidise um, the, the women. So you can see the growth in the women's game from such a quick, from, from such a quick time because they're now getting shown on free-to-wear TV. Now that they're shown on free-to-wear TV, we can actually see how good they are. So the Australian cricket team, you know, their record over the last two years, I mean, I think in the last two years, they've lost less than five games. Like, they just win all the time. Yeah, one of the great teams, I think, if you go, if you actually look at the history books. Yeah, so, um, so the product is really, really, really good. Um, and it will only continue to get better as they invest more money in it. Um, you know, so now the cricketers are paid um, to be a, a professional wage. So they can now be full-time professional athletes and they're paid accordingly. Um, and and you, can, you can see there's been an exponential jump in the talent um, be, because of that. Yeah, and just following on from that, I remember when I was doing my level two cricket coaching, we did a little coaching session with the, I think it was the under 18 girls. And some of those girls can hit the ball much, much better than, well, I was going to say me, but a lot better than the good players that I've seen. Oh, the, the, the talent pool is, is really good. And, and you think about the, um, you know, some of the, some of the young players coming through the ranks now. Um, you know, so the Australian team, is going to continue to be really, really good, um, you know, because they've invested, they've invested money in it, and you know the the results um, shine through. So you know the WBBL is the best women's competition in the world. Um, you know now some of the other countries are following suit because they can see, they can see the direct correlation between investing money in in the sport um, to performance. So England now have got a competition which. Because of COVID, didn't didn't come didn't come off, but they they were going to have a, a competition called the hundred. Um, you know, India um, are having some trial um, women's IPL games now. The scheduling of those games is not not that great because it's at the same time as the WBBL, so um, they've got to they've got to get that right. So the scheduling, um, you know, so the best players can can play in the best tournaments in the world, which again will will increase increase the skill, increase the visibility, um, increase in, increase increase everything about about the women's game. So, you know, if we can be a part so imagine imagine if we could have one of our young girls that starts this year, you know, go all the way through the pathway to from from our club to possibly to Casey South Melbourne or to Dandenong and then on to Victoria, and then on to Australia. How good would that be? Yeah, it'd be unbelievable, and the pathway is there. Now, Sylvia, I don't know if you've listened too much of this podcast, but uh, the name game and the trivia game that we play. Um, so the name game, we'll play this now, and Jordan lost last episode, so he wants to redeem himself, I assume. Well, you constantly stitch me up while naming people that I've only met once or twice. Well, that, that potentially might happen here. I, w- I wouldn't have put it past um, you, <laughs> uh, So the way the game goes is I name three names one at a time. 
both of you have to come up with one word describing words and I pick who best describes that person. Silvio, you'll get the opportunity to go first on the first name and then first on the third name. Berger, you get the opportunity to go first on the second. The first name is Michael Randall. Passionate. Okay, good answer. Uh, Jordan? Uh, batting above average. Well, that's not a that's not a one word answer. I need a describing word, Jordan. One word. Um, loves you. I'm, you're getting two words. He loves you. Okay, all right. <laughs> he loves watching you bat. <laughs> Oh, everyone loves watching me, man. Particularly, particularly uh, Randall. <laughs> I've been to be retired a few yep. times, haven't I? <laughs> um, Silvio, obviously, you get the points there. Um, Jordan, you get to go first for this name. Cameron Kelly. Weed. <laughs> yep, you got that right. Silvio? Eccentric. Ooh. Man, you don't even know what eccentric means. <laughs> well, I'm on my phone Googling it right now. <laughs> Let me just talk to me, Siri. Hey, Siri, spell eccentric. <laughs> um, I'm going to give those points for the sake of the game, Jordan, <laughs> uh, due to my lack of knowledge of what eccentric is. But I assume eccentric is a good way to describe Cab Kelly, so I apologise, Cameron. Uh, and the third name, so we're one-one. Whoever wins this wins. Silvio, you get to go first. Glenn Weir. Iconic. Ooh, I like that. Good word, Jordan. Um. Yeah, I've aimed any pretty good so Great bloke. He, Legendary. He, he called you Josh, Legendary. didn't he? He called me Justin, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, Justin. <laughs> what did you call What was your word oh, again? Legendary. Ooh. I'm going to go Silvio here with Iconic. So, Silvio, you've, uh, you've won the name game. So, Bergie, you've lost two weeks in a row. It doesn't surprise me, Craig. You rigged this game. I've literally met Glenn once and he called me Justin. What do you want me to say about him? Jeez. I'm not exactly going to give a best man speech. Oh, well, that, that's the game we play. That's the game we play. Uh, so now we move along to our trivia game. Now, this one I can't read, Jordan, because it's all facts. Um, and make this well known, you'll never win another name game again. Um. So trivia, we got three questions. Again, same scenario. Sylvia, you get to answer first for the first and the third, etc. All right, question one. In the whole club last season, both juniors and seniors, who won premierships? Uh, under 17 ones. Correct. And I think there was an un- and B grade. Okay, Jordan, what's your answer? (laughs) All right, everyone's (laughs) 1-1. Ding, 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 correct. 
Is there a bonus point for, for telling who lost the grand final? We had a we had a grand uh, final team lose. Anyone... Had the one day. Well, so. no, there's not a but. Did they play in a grand final? Yeah, they no, lost. Did that. they? I didn't think they did. Who knows? Obviously, um, not you. Wouldn't even know where the <laughs> wouldn't even know where the one days play. Um, question two, Jordan, you get yep. to go first. How many wickets did Chris George take last season? And I'll take closest to uh, seven. Silvio. Too many. Surely there's not batsmen that go out to him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 11. Ooh. The answer is five. So Jordan's got that answer. That means technically, Silvio, in the third question, you can only draw. Um, so the third question is... In our Turf 1 Premiership in 2015-16, who was our top run scorer in the second innings for Cranbourne? Uh, Chase Moore. I'm going to go against him for the good of the game. I'm going to say Spell Jarrett. And the answer is, with 61 runs, is Stephen Spell Jarrett. Yay. So, Berger, see, you can't lose Clean trivia. that was. That was three from three. <laughs> yeah, that's three points from three questions. That's sensational. Good job. Good, was, good was job. Was Chase not batting or was he out? Because the photo on the wall is him running out there with pads. No, Chase Moore finished the game off. So, Chase Moore finished up on 59, oh, yeah. not out. Yes. Um, congratulations, Jordan. Uh, now, Silvio, we go to our fan yep. questions. Uh, these questions have come from far and wide. Um, first question is, what is your favourite batting innings from yourself? Uh, ooh, um, oh, making making a hundred in you know in one of Pratty's in Pratty's malt so gave was was pretty special. So I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was his three hundred and fiftieth. So that was that was pretty special. Okay. Any other memorable innings? Um, yeah. Well, well, I made three hundred, so that was they, they were all memorable in their own way. Um, but probably the probably the best I ever batted, um, you know, in really really difficult um, conditions was at the race course. So I batted at four this day at the Turret and Doctor at the. Yeah, the, well, the Turin Rocker was blowing that day, so we were. So I batted at four, and I faced the fifth ball of the first in, of the first over, two for none. We've all we've all been there at Cranbourne. It's so, not a Cranbourne innings if you're not in. So that day, I reckon we made, I reckon we made about fifty, and I made twenty-eight, and it was really hard to bat. Um, Jeez, that's a good innings because you feel pretty good about yeah, yourself. After so it that. was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty hard to bat. The ball was doing lots, and the ball was wet. And um, there was actually a. I can't think of the kid's name. And a junior was playing in our team, and um, he's hit the ball straight back down 
down the wicket and I got run run out off the bowler's hand. Uh, just meant so, to be. So that was a pretty bitter. I, li- I like how I like how he's burnt you by hitting the ball back at the stumps, and you won't remember his name. You physically refuse to remember him. <laughs> well, you know what the the funny thing was. So after doing that, he he left the club and went and played at Buckley Bridges. <laughs> uh, not your cousin, is it, Craig? <laughs> Sure, that's not something no, Dustin do. No, 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 it definitely wasn't Hobbsy. But I, I, I can't think of the guy's name. Um, I, I, I can picture his face. He had dark hair, and I, I can't think of his name. I'd, re, I'd remember it if I saw it. But, um, but you know, you're talking about it was over twenty years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was over twenty years ago. Uh, Randall wants you to talk about your first tongue. Well, that was well. That was the in um, Praddy's milestone game. So again, we we were in a bit of trouble, um, early, um, and then me and Praddy put on a few, and then me and Randall put on a few, and he sort of got me over the line. I was battling a bit just from fatigue and um, just to, you know getting so close. I've been in the nine. I've been out in the nineties a few times, so. Um, it was actually a pretty good game all 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 round because you know so you had some older guys so you know obviously you know um, Pratty played in his milestone game and, and Gummy played um, you know Randall was playing um, but then there were some young kids in that team as well so a young Nathan Lambton played in that game um, Cam Kelly played in that game um, Cam Petrie sorry played in that game. I was going to say, Cam Kelly wouldn't be classed as a young fella back then, surely. He's 40. So, so Cam Petrie played in that game. I think one of the Bakers, I think it might have been, um, um, I think Geordie Vinemuller played in that game as well. Um, so it was a really nice mix of youth and, and age. And, and, and in Pratty's milestone game, who I, you know, hold um, very highly at the club and as a mate, him and, him and Balls. Um, so yeah, that that was a pretty that's a pretty good memory. And to to do to then make the hundred batting with Randall, who's you know one of my best mates, is um yeah, it was pretty special. Um, who do you think's the funniest bloke you've met through the career? Oh, club? Matt Moore. Has to be <laughs> Matt Moore. Just I mean, just stupid funny. Like he's he's just an idiot. You know. So I mean. We, I mean, this story has been told probably a few times, but um, so the first night I met Matt Moore, so it was me, Ross, and Moore, Matt Moore at the Kelly's Hotel. Oh, oh Jordan's favourite place. Did you have a palmer? Probably. So anyway, Ross went to the toilet and um, Matt Moore grabs Ross's wallet and says to me, do you want to, do you want to shout? And so off he trots with Ross's wallet to the bar. Ross comes back and I said, mate, are you sure you want to get this guy at the club? He's a thief. He's, <laughs> he's just taken money out of your wallet for a shout. And Ross just sort of shrugged, shrugged his shoulders and said, oh, that, that's boring. And, and the rest is history. Can you tell me, is it the phone? Is it the phone wallet? Is that his... 
Is that yours or oh, his or? It's sort of, it, well, it's mine and, and a bit of Maury's. Maury's got the shoe phone and, oh, there's, yeah, there's a million stories. So, I mean, that that's one of the things that we loved about um, the race course. I mean, because we were a bit isolated out there, you know, we had some um, big nights at the, at the race course. Um, yeah, we had some massive nights at the race course. Was it um, – Cam Kelly also wants to know, just our last fan question, is um, who came up with the saying of calling synthetic cricket sympathetic? <laughs> um, I, I, I must admit, I, I don't remember that. That is funny, but I don't remember that. I can only <laughs> he reckons it was Maury or Westy. I can only assume it to be an idiot like Maury. <laughs> Um, well, I'm mindful of your time here, Silvio. Um, so, Berger, we'll just – I'll fly off my please explain. My please explain goes to Marty Kelly on Strava. He's been entering his morning walks before the five o'clock curfew. Um, ends. So, Marty, make sure you're following the restrictions because if it happens again and becomes a habit, there'll be police at your door. I'll be getting weary in. <laughs> Is Marty still entering in his bike rides as runs? <laughs> or his bike rides as car trips? <laughs> he reckons he did 10Ks in three minutes. <laughs> Just an elite standard. Uh, Berger, do you have a please explain? I assume you haven't prepared for this. Uh, no, well, am I allowed to please explain the DDCA or is that forbidden? Uh, no, no, we'll be mindful of Silvio's time because if we start on the DCA, yeah, we won't finish. So I'm not allowed to go with it? Uh, if it goes for a minute, yes. Okay. Well, my please explain to the DCA is why haven't we even remotely been told what we're looking out for this year in terms of a start date? We have been. The clubs have got to uh, vote on it very soon. Well, there week. hasn't been an update, Craig, on COVID cricket since... I think the start of August. The clubs have got an update, Jordan. We'll get to it, Craig. Yesterday. Please, well, you're now my please explain. Why haven't you put it out to me? Yeah. Um, so, Silvio, before we finish, I just want to know what your favourite Cranbourne memory is. Oh, um, oh, can I have two? Yes. Um, so, playing-wise, it's obviously uh, premiership, playing in a premiership. Um, but the, my favorite memory and, and it's an ongoing thing is, is just the friendships that I've formed. Um, you know, people that, you know, just, I I hold very, very dear, dear in my heart, you know, like most of them, uh, are from the Cranbourne Cricket Club. So, um, and that, and that's an ongoing thing. So, so yeah, so two, so, so those, those are the, those are the two, two best, um, a humorous one is, you know, you've never you've never played cricket until you played with the great Rat Reese. So, <laughs> so that is that is one thing we need to do at our at our cricket club this year. I think we just have to have a have an have a have a night with Rat, an un, un, un mic. Is it what, open mic? Open mic night with Rat. open mic. Open night. Night with Rat Reese, and I'll tell you, you will be entertained. 
I, I have come across Rat a few times, um, and he's a very, very funny man for sure. Very funny to play cricket with, mate. I can assure you. Very, very funny yes, to play. Yes. So in that, in that, so, so the story is, so we're driving to a game. We're driving to a game. So I'm with Balls, and Rat Reese is with Steve Miller. So they're they're ahead of us. So we're following them. So we were playing at Chandler. Chandler Reserve, I think. Is it Mar- so we're playing against Maranatha. So Rat and Steve just drive straight past the ground. So we turn in <laughs> and Rat um, and Balls turns to me and says, oh, where are they going? I'm thinking, well, Balls, I don't know. <laughs> I'm meant to know. I'm in the car with you, mate. So we get to the game. We start, our, start preparing and, you know, probably 20 minutes later, Rat and Steve Miller, Turn up, and balls is in this. Balls, as you can imagine, this is a little grumpy, and he says to Rat, Where, "Where'd you go? Did you miss the turn off?" And Rat turns to him and says, "No, I ran. I ran out of travellers, so we had to stop by the Keesey pub." <laughs> <laughs> so, so Rat, Rat's preparation for games was was a little was a little was a little different. But but effective because um, yeah he was a very very good player but uh, yeah never took it never took it too seriously old rat yeah yeah no he's a very funny man now to follow up on burgers uh, please explain the update is that uh, there will be a president's meeting I believe on Thursday to start talking about the start time oh, what a surprise Craig no, what a surprise the announcement probably... is there's got to be more meetings for the announcement. No, well, they are working on a early. Thought they're working out. on an early December. Early December is what is being worked on. Um, some of you might have seen the Cricket Victoria protocols posted online yesterday or the day before. I might have sent around to a few people. Um, DDCA have simplified that in a document of their own that the committee has only just received. So. Um, we're working through that, and then um, again, once this president's meeting's taken place, we'll know at least the formats that we'll be playing. I assume that it'll at least it'll be one day cricket, um, but there is another option with two day cricket involved. Um, but again, that's for the presidents to uh, to debate and argue amongst themselves. But yes, in early December is what is being. I believe it's the first week of December that's being um, proposed at the moment. So. Um, keep your eyes out on social media again. Once we have anything set in stone, uh, we will get it out to the people. Uh, Sylvia, you've been sensational. I absolutely love the stories. I love your passion for the Cramon Cricket Club. And um, I think you're one of the great people. I think the fact that you're on the Life Member Board, the fact that you're on the Joan Woodall Board, you probably won batting averages, you probably won fielding awards, you've probably done it all at the Cramon Cricket Club. And um, I think everyone at Cranbourne is forever grateful for what you've done for the club. Oh, thanks, mate. That's very kind. But, um, you know, the Cranbourne Creek Club's given me more than what I've given given to it. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very special place, mate. And we're all very, very lucky to be um, custodians of it at, at, at the time that we're involved. Jordan, any last messages that you'd like to come across? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. We are. We're looking strong going into the finals. Three Tigers men actually on this podcast. We should have talked about Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> should have should have had a bonus episode, Richmond. Well, we're, no. 
we're we're um we're going to be thereabouts, guys. No no doubt about that. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to work out how I can get myself into Queensland, but um. I think it's surely you know, you've got a yacht that you can just sail up there. Oh, I wish I, I wish I did, mate. I wish I did. Uh, In the docklands, uh, I might have to. I might have to steal someone's yacht. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you can't ever take the cram out of a bloke in docklands. <laughs> definitely not, mate. De- definitely not. I'll, I'll work out how I can steal a yacht and then uh, then get to get to the get to the finals. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time and I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening Silvio you've been sensational Berger you're great as always again Craig you're, you're pretty good um, again we'll have an episode in two weeks time keep an eye out for the girls cricket on Facebook keep an eye out for DDCA announcements on Facebook and Instagram as well thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time